Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. We figured. Written by Betty Adams. You want to hear a story of the Battle of the Homeworlds? Ah, yes, that story. Or rather, it isn't. And that is the story. Of course, it doesn't make sense, young one. It's a story about humans, after all. Have you ever known a human to be logical? No. No, not individual humans. With proper training, they can put up a good front of sanity for years. Not individuals, but groups. Humans as a whole. When they get tribal, what? Of course, there's a certain logic to genetically predetermined behavior. Look, who is telling the story? That's better. Now where was I? The battle of the homeworlds. Now settle down on all your legs and listen. We spotted the humans long before they spotted us. The artist's forbidden system piqued the interest of the particular brand of scientists that seek out the most horrible of everything. Every one of their planets was a forbidden world. Some scorched their rocks under unbearable radiation. Some had no core the probes could find and devoured probes themselves with planet-sized storms. And the one planet that actually carried liquid water, the gift of the artist, and carried life was much of a forbidden world as any of the others. The axis tilts, the poles are covered in ice. Yes, permanent covers of solid water, young one. Indeed, it is horrifying. But most horrifying of all, the sentient life that called the planet for home. Yes, humans. Now they are our allies. Then they were terrifying. They nearly tore their planet apart with war. They were deeply tribal. Their warfare tactics, well... You're old enough to remember the War of the Wanderers. Their tactics are as terrifying and mad as the world they birthed them. Even those mad scientists of ours were terrified. We hoped that their ignorance would protect us, but it was to not be. They were just space-hungry. They lusted after the stars. They longed to encounter aliens, and in our ignorance we saw them as predators seeking new prey. So we crept from our system and prayed that the artists that they would never leave their planet, that their tribalism and as yet primitive tech would keep them trapped. Oh, do stop laughing, young one. Now we know better. Our ignorance was for the best, I suppose. Who knows what we might have done had we not known how fast they would reach the stars on their own. Of course, they came and found us. You have read the records of the first contact, no doubt. How strong their desire, their lust to meet other species was. We feared that passion. We could not see how strong a drive could lead to anything good. How terror turned to confusion at their joy. How much they were willing to submit to us, to trust us as if they all the hatchlings of some clutch. We learned to work with their aggression and tribalism, but we more we learned the more we came to fear the concept of vengeance. Ah, you shudder. You remember the glassing of Colony Gamma X? Yes, you understand why we feared their vengeance. For you see, we knew we had denied them the desire of their hearts. 
in a figurative young one. They figuratively say that their desire comes from their hearts. Strange, I know, but whatever that desire came from, it is unbelievably powerful. We had spent centuries denying it, hiding it, actively preventing them from discovering their neighbors. So yes, we feared vengeance. We did not imagine that we could hide it from them forever, but we hoped to delay the discovery until we were prepared. Each homeworld and well-developed colony produced a defensive fleet. Smaller colonies were evacuated on the sly and the colonists brought back to the homeworlds. It cost entire industries. All the sectors of the economic development crippled. Don't give me that look. We were terrified. We had sinned against the humans and waiting for the infamous vengeance to fall. You're laughing again. Do you want to finish the story? No? Good. Now, here is why you came to me, I presume. It was on my ship that the humanity discovered our sin. I was set in command of a joint scientific task with the human research group. There was a military contingent with them. We stumbled on the old deep space exploration vessel that, uh, unbeknownst to us, had been tasked with removing the last observation satellites we dared leave in the human system. To make a long, harrowing misadventure short, the humans got the computers first and read the mission logs. I chose to face down the military commander myself when I was informed by my first officer. He suffered a minor aneurysm. Poor thing. Well, I won't bore you with the tales of my heroic plans to protect my ship and crew from their vengeance. I contacted Central Communications and gave the code that let them know the gig was up. Every homeworld fleet mobilized and waited for the final transmission from my ill-fated ship. I swarmed onto the bridge of the human ship. The military commander wasn't there. I was informed by the distracted comms officer that he was in the mess. I swarmed into the mess and found the commander casually sipping coffee. I stared at him blankly until he glanced up and smiled at me. What's up, commandant? he asked. It's a human turn of phrase. Look it up in the databanks. Haven't you read the lock satellites? I asked in confusion. I had a summary of the relevant bits, the commander said, taking a sip of the coffee. Nothing too interesting. So, uh, I pressed, utterly befuddled now. Where was the rage? Where was the sense of betrayal? Did you see something the human text missed? The commander asked, his interest piqued. Are you not offended? I asked. Offended, he said with a frown, and I could see his brain passing the data he had. What about... I rather surge your hope that the humans had missed the relevant data. If we could secure it, do you mean about how hard you guys tried to avoid first contact? He asked, his face lighting up as if he'd stumbled upon some minor revelation. My hope died a cold death as he examined me, and yet I had learned to read human emotions. I could see no rage, not even surprise. In fact, it appeared that you already knew, I demanded in an embarrassingly high-pitched voice. He chuckled, chuckled, at the greatest insult ever offered to a sentient species, and turned back to his coffee and reports. Well, we figured. And all the homo fleets had to stand down and be dismantled and disarmed at the cost of our ignorant mistake, bled our share of the interplanetary markets for decades afterwards. The humans sometimes think to ask how they came to so easily claim such a share of the trade market, and hopefully they are still ignorant as we were. Humiliation was no easier a burden for us to bear than terror. But we can't be sure decades from now it will not come up, and some human will sip their coffee and mutter. We figured. End of story.
Story number two. Humans are weird. A little thing. Written by Betty Adams. You seem particularly cheerful, Ranger George. Twist Thunder commented as the human strode up to the jeep. That I am, Twist Buddy. That I am. Survey Corps Ranger Mac Dodge confirmed as his long jointed limbs lifted with a terrifying ease to toss his backpack into the vehicle. Twist Under rotated his body, appendages spread out as far as they could go in what humans called a wet mop phase. The last lingering rays of sunlight turned his skin a dark amber that seemed to meld into the green of the jeep's hood. Mac was taking his time to organize their tools in the cargo area, so Twist Under felt comfortable lingering in the sunlight. Why are you so pleased so much? Twist Under asked after a moment. Mac hummed over the netting that he was securing over the gear. Well, Mac finally said, you know that the inspector is here. Oh yes, Twist Thunder replied as he inched across the hood, following the sunlight. Did you interact with him? Yeah, Mac replied. He swung by in one of those flyers and insulated little biodome ones. Twist Thunder could have laughed derisively if he had felt the sharing contempt of the soft appendage bureaucrat with his friend. But as close as he was and Ranger Dodge were, one didn't flush your fetid algae around friends. So Twist Thunder only gave him an interrogative hum. Anyway, Mac continued... As the last beams began to slip off the side of the jeep and Twist Under gave up on his bathing. He was watching me hammer home those probe spikes and complimenting me on my handiness. Twist Under climbed over the windshield and dropped down into the driver's seat. He secured the protective restraint around him and secured the steering wheel with his primary gripping appendages and howled out his secondary appendages expectantly. Nice try, Twist, Max said as he opened the driver's door. Move it. Twist Under gripped the buckle of the restraint for a brief scuffle that ensued. Mac first tried to simply lift him out of the seat by force and Twist Under couldn't resist humming in amusement when Mac gave a grunt of frustration. Humans might be able to drive a 10 centimeter long spikes into solid rock when no species beat the undulate for gripping power when they didn't want to give up their place. Come on, Twist, Mac demanded. We're been over this. I'm not letting you drive. I passed the test, Twist Under said as he got the most logical tone. I'm certified. You passed the written test, Max snapped. Your species is not meant to hurtle along at driving speeds. And yours is, Twist Under asked. He lifted one gripping appendage to tap the controls. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the speed indicator goes much higher than, uh, what is your maximum running speed again? Faster than yours, Max said. He gave up pulling and flattened his hand against the seat back, sliding it down until they gripped the base of the restraint. Twist Under divined his plan and decided the cheating was in order. He freed about a quarter of his appendages from the seat, at which point Mac gave a cry of triumph and dug into the human's ribcage and wiggled. Mac howled in frustration, but somehow continued to wedge Twist Under off the seat. You are developing a resistance to tickling, Twist Under observed as Mac shoved him over into the passenger seat. Not that I have much choice in that matter, Mac muttered as they fought one final tug of war over the seatbelt. You little bugger. I do wish to develop the skill, Twist Under pointed out to the finally buckled himself into the passenger seat, and your charter does call for exchanging information freely. It also calls for not getting people killed, Mac replied as he started the engine. It can't be more complex than flying a glider, Twist Under pointed out. They have a max speed of what? Mac asked, 10 or 15? 
Sir, the inspector complimented you, Twistunder asked. Mac shot a sideways glance at the change of topic, but continued driving. My handiness, Mac said, and proud smile replacing the irritated look. Twistunder folded his appendix under him thoughtfully. You refer, of course, to the fact that you are almost as proficient in tasks with both sides of your appendages. Yep, Mac replied, grinning wide enough to show his teeth now. You are a decorated Survey Corps Ranger, friend, Mac Dodge, Twistunder said carefully. Yeah, Mac replied. That means you have achieved honor and the discipline of both body and mind at the highest level. Twistunder went on, proud to remember that humans separated the two. Such a strange concept. And so, Mac asked, why are you so pleased over recognition that your appendages all function properly? Twistunder asked, and why did the inspector think to compliment that? It might be a little thing, Mac said with a shrug, but I worked hard to bring Lefty up in power and I'm proud of it. Why wouldn't he compliment it? Did you injure your left appendage seriously? Twistunder asked, raising a few sensory-rich appendages to examine his friend. What? Mac frowned. No, I, uh, all right. You guys don't go for bilateral symmetry, so you don't get bilaterals, asymmetry. No, it's unusual for humans to be able to use both hands equally. We have a dominant hand and a non-dominant hand. Ah, Twistunder replied. That is interesting. I suppose the inspector was briefed on this and was showing off his knowledge of human anatomy. Could be, Mac replied. Another question, Twistunder asked. Shoot, bud, Mac said. Do you name all your appendages, Twistunder asked. Uproarious laughter was his only reply. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.